0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Go with me, if you will, to the book of Philemon. Philemon, I know you probably don't spend a whole lot of time there. The book of Philemon next to Hebrews. If you go to Hebrews you've gone too far. And uh, we'll take off from there. Philemon was a man who was addressed by the Apostle Paul who owned the services of a man named, uh, I hope I can pronounce this right the first time. Uh, uh, well, maybe I better back up there. Uh, of a man who others considered a slave, and uh, his name was Onesimus, and uh, he had run away from his, uh, in those days, uh, owner, if you will, or at least in honor of his services. And uh, here's what Paul says, uh, verse 16, I want us to back up in fifteen. Perhaps he departed for a little while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever. How many of you know sometimes God's doing something bigger than your initial circumstances appear? I want you to receive Him, he says in verse sixteen, No longer is a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother. Especially to me, BUT HOW MUCH MORE TO YOU, BOTH IN THE FLESH AND IN THE LORD." THE WORD IS VERY CLEAR ABOUT HOW WE'RE TO HONOR OUR FELLOW BELIEVERS. WELL, WE'VE BEEN TALKING ABOUT RELATIONSHIPS. GOD HAS AN ETERNAL PURPOSE FOR OUR RELATIONSHIPS. You see, for whatever reason, our Father didn't want to do without companionship. He had the vast myriad of innumerable angelic hosts. But the Bible says that He created man, He created woman in His own image, in His own likeness, to share His life, with, to partner with them, and for them to partner with one another, to walk out their journey. He desires an eternal Partnership. partnership in relationship with your heavenly Father is the highest of all relationships. It's higher than marriage. It's higher than business relationships, partnerships, children. Your partnership, your companionship, your relationship with your Father is above all. In fact, Jesus told us that if our love for anybody else is anywhere close to what our love should be for our Father, we're not worthy of that relationship. It is, I mean, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. You don't hear many sermons on that anymore, do you? It's a serious deal. It is an all-in part of relationship, that our Father desires intimacy with us. He desires for us, you heard what the praise team ministered to us, to hear His voice, to know His heart. That's His desire. There is order there. God is first. There's a human relationship that has a spiritual relationship to it. Marriage, as God intended it, is to be a spiritual relationship, not some civic piece of paper. It is a holy relationship. And in that relationship, there is to be a pledge. what, my, what is mine is yours. I give you all that I am, all that I am have, I will walk with you in partnership under God, and it is an all-in relationship. There are certain core relationships. We talked about this two weeks ago um, in 1 Samuel for, uh, chapter 18. The Bible says that Jonathan loved David as his own soul, and the two of them, David and Jonathan, not in some romantic, out-of-bounds relationship, but David and Saul's son, Jonathan, entered into a covenant, an agreement recognized by God, where they were totally, totally committed to each other. Um, I want you to see there in Philemon, in uh, that there's not but one chapter, look down there in verse 17, Paul writing, and he says, if you count me, as a partner, receive him as you would me." In other words, if you've seen him, you've seen me. If he's wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account. What did Paul say in Philippians about Timothy? Oh, I I love it. Uh, In verse 19, Paul says, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you there. In chapter 2, of, of uh, Philippians. I trust to send Timothy to you shortly that I may be encouraged that you know that, that I get to know what's going on with you, your state of affairs. Now listen to what he says about Timothy. I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for where you are. My goodness. For all seeks their own. Everybody just lives in their own little world not the things of the of the Lord Jesus Christ, but you know His Timothy's proven character. What's this? That as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Was he say, "Receive him as you receive me"? Uh, do you have covenant relationships like that? I've got spiritual sons and daughters. And if they come to see you, you need to say, that's as good as the pastor coming to see me. If pastor Wayne, Pastor Daniel. If they come to see you in your time of need, you need to understand that when you see them, you've seen me. Do you understand that? Paul's saying, this is my son. He, receive him as you would me. Um, there's covenant relationship, and it's spiritual. I understand this, that not every blood relationship is covenant in nature. And you know, I could go on and on in the, in, the, in the New Testament. In fact, there ought to be a covenant relationship with your faith family. You ought to be able, if you've got a need to come and to say like we do every Sunday, I've got a need, I need prayer. I need the encouragement and the prayer. Listen, if you're a leader in this church, you you should be a minister of intercession and encouragement. And uh, there should be a covenant relationship among the body of Christ. God spoke all through the Old and New Testament about covenant with His people. Everybody say, that's me. It, It is a relationship with God, but expands to our And understand this, that just because your blood related to somebody doesn't mean that you're in a covenant with them because it's a spiritual connection. Um, see, <clears throat> Dina has a right to all that I am and all that I have. But see, Uncle Bubba doesn't. You understand what I'm saying? He doesn't have a right to come to my house and uh, occupy my couch and eat my meals and say, You know what, nephew, uh, you and I are in covenant. What's mine is nine. No, it's not. Covenant is spiritual in nature, it's not blood related in the natural, it's blood related in the spiritual. See, you and I are members of a faith family, but you've got to understand that there is a modified covenant in that we, we are committed to one another in spiritual needs. Now, let me, uh, you know, there's Gene and Connie Carey. They own a business with 300 employees. God, you need to pray more for them, amen? There's Jim Black. I'm going to put those two out so I know I won't embarrass them. See, I'm committed, as I am to all of you, I pray for all of you every day. But I'm committed to pray for their businesses. But let me ask you this. What if I showed up tomorrow uh, in their, the bank uh, or at Southern, and I were to say, you know, I want to see uh, Mr. Kerry, I want to see Mr. Black, and uh, they say, Pastor, come on in. And let's suppose that I begin to say, well, here's, here's how you all how y'all operate a case art business and, and get your customers fulfilled. This is how you ought to do this banking deal. Um, here's what I'm trying to teach. I'm out of bounds. And you know what else? If they were to come to me and say, here's how you ought to pastor the church, they'd be out of bounds. Can everybody say Amen. Covenant doesn't mean that you have a right in every area of a person's life to exhibit your authority. I don't have any authority in your business. I don't have any authority in your house unless you give it to me. See, if I come to your house, you can say, Pastor, please pray for us. Please counsel us on this. You give me that right. You understand what I'm saying? But I don't have a right to barge in and say, look, I I, want to tell you something. You're doing this wrong. No, no, no. You know, there's a lot of spiritual abuse going around. It's cultic in nature. We have a covenant with Almighty God, and we have a covenant with one another. But you've got to understand that there there, there, there are modifications to that a spiritual covenant. So we've, we've talked about uh, marriage and we've talked about personal. Incre- Some of you have high, you, you have core friendships that you are committed to. You, it's like you're in covenant with that little circle of people who know you, love you just the way you are. You can trust them with anything. What a blessing. And if you don't have any of that, maybe you should pray that God would send you somebody in your life that you can have a covenant relationship with. It is an incredible blessing. It is in addition. But I want to warn you about something. Covenant relationships not only empower you. I mean, they, whoo, they, they, they encourage you, um, but they also expose you. If God has put a covenant partner in your life, understand that part of the reason you have a covenant partner is to expose you. I have to listen to people minister the word of God and sometimes it exposes me. I sometimes say to my own pastor, I don't think I'm doing so well in I'm supposed to do that. Sometimes when I think I'm just really doing quite well, the Lord will speak to me through my 47-year-old marriage partner and let me know, I ain't doing so hot on that. Can anybody say amen to that? Hold it down over there now. Hold it down. Do you know that the word in the Hebrew for uh, that God used to to say, "This, this is Eve, this is woman, this is wife, is neged in the Hebrew, and it means equal but opposite. See, what a lot of us do in our own ignorance is we pray for somebody just like us. What a mistake. We pray for somebody. We think if we just had somebody just like us, it'd be double the power. Wrong. The very heart of that term, when God created a companion for Adam, that neged in the Hebrew, it means not somebody who is right behind you where nobody can see anything but you. It is somebody who is Help me here, Bill. Stand right out there for me, if you will. All right, just stand right there and face me. The Nagad was somebody who was equal but opposite, who let you see face to face just how you look. Thank you. Not somebody behind you or over there on the side, somebody that'll stand face to face and let you see just how you look. Covenant will empower you, but it'll also expose you. That's a good thing, because it's, if you've got the right kind of covenant, it's therapeutic, it's not punitive. That woman has helped me, keep me out of the ditch so many times, I couldn't even, couldn't even tell you how many over all these years. And sometimes I didn't even want to hear it, Bob. Can anybody say, I feel your pain, Pastor? Didn't want to hear it. Covenant empowers you, but it also exposes you. And it's really powerful when you're in a covenant relationship where somebody is willing to love you enough to tell you the truth. Covenant people can say things to you that others can't. Now, see, you can't, you can't talk to me the way she does. I ain't going to receive it. Mm-mm. I don't, I don't have to. I'm going to love you and forgive you, but I ain't going to receive it. Some of the things I'm saying. <laughs> you, you, you get me, right? Covenant, somebody but God puts you in covenant with is because he trusts you that you can be a blessing and that you can, you can have something therapeutic in your life because there is a healing hurt. Do you understand what I mean? That upon reflection you begin to take healthy action. And it, 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 is a, it helps keep you from self-destruction when it's operating right. Now you can, you, you can mess up covenant. And uh, we've already talked about violations of that last time. Adultery. Adultery. Abuse, abandonment, every one of those are violations of covenant. I went into detail on that. Go to the website if you didn't get to hear that. But understand that even in the covenant relationships that we have, not all of them are the same. Core friendships, marriage relationship covenant with your spiritual family. And you know what? I feel sorry for those that don't have a spiritual family. I really do. That's not God's intention. Somewhere along the journey, there will be a connection in your inner man, a witness of the Spirit of God, that this is a spiritual family you can connect with. These uh, covenant relationships... Demand unconditional love, lots of forgiveness. People ask me, Pastor, what's the secret to a long-term marriage, lots of forgiveness. Yeah, what's the secret to a long-term covenant relationship, lots of forgiveness. Brought on by the unconditional love and grace of God. But how many of you know that covenant relationships are not unconditional in everything? Um, This is a spiritual commitment of love and grace and forgiveness. But uh, as I mentioned before, uh, Uncle Bubba doesn't have a right to tear anything out of my checkbook and uh, just suit himself. He doesn't have a right to come over any time and stay in my house. And you know what else? He doesn't have a right for me to defend him all the time if he is living outside of the righteousness of God. Okay, so now, and I want to talk to you as my family here, so now we've got some some deep issues uh, as it relates to our adult children sometimes. Ooh, man, some tough ones, some really tough ones. Here's what I want you to know. That there is no direct command in the Word of God about every situation that you find yourself in that's difficult. There's no one-size-fits-all instructions about that. I will tell you that there are principles in the Word of God that would be wise for us to really, really go to school on. Um, The Lord says that we're not to operate in condemnation. So I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say because Many people in the sound of my voice, and it's all over now, the United States, thank you, Lord. And in foreign countries, people are listening. I want everybody to understand this who's listening today. that this, The rest of this message is not to condemn anybody for where you are. You are where you are. I want to tell you about your adult children. I want to talk to you about that for the next few minutes. Understand again that there being the absence of a direct, implicit scripture verse that talks about how you're supposed to do it, there's not, there are principles without specific instructions. Condemnation is not something that comes from God. Some of you because of the struggles that your adult children are having have blamed yourself for years. And you're living in the coulda, woulda, shouldas. That didn't come from God. That did, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The guilt and the shame and, and constantly living in regret that if I had just done this, my adult child would not have done that. You've got to go before Jesus and understand that's not true. And the Lord doesn't want you to live under that condemnation. It's not a sin to assist your older children, but it's not wise to allow them to stay dependent on you for a long time. It's not sin to assist your children. It's not wise to allow them to stay dependent on you. It is fine to throw them a life ring, it's not wise to pull them on the ski rope. Here's some things that we can all do. I can do this with my spiritual children, you can do this with your natural and spiritual children. Always remember that it's always right to be their advocate. It's always right. Now we're talking about spiritual your your older spiritual children. Now sometimes your grandchildren know the story, aren't they? Sometimes you don't have any choice. You've got to make sure that if you have the means that they're taken care of. You don't have any choice. And if you're in that place, it's a difficult place, but I believe the Lord will meet you and give you grace and wisdom. It's always right to advocate for your older, spiritual, grown-up children. Become their chief prayer warrior. Did you know that that child is not your son or daughter by accident? God believed he could trust you with them. Well, you wouldn't have them. He's the author of life. Regardless of the vessel of life, he is the author of life. So understand that the Lord would desire for you to advocate for your older children before the courts of heaven. Pray earnestly and in faith. See, the Lord said, whatever you ask in faith, believe you've received Him. You know it's His will for your children to be healed up. Pray for their motivational healing. Pray that they would get motivated and desire to have more intimacy with the Lord and for them to be productive under the direction of the Lord. Pray continually that the Lord would heal their motivator, their want-to's, that the Lord will bring the right relationships into their life, that the Lord will protect them from self-destruction or from the destruction of the devil or wicked men and women. Pray that the Lord will give them a taste of success for the purpose of encouragement. Everybody needs encouragement. So pray that the Lord would grant them to be able to succeed in the area that he has assigned them to. You know what that means? You're going to have to give up your rights to control and manipulate what you want your child to do and be and look like. If you're going to become their advocate, you're going to have to go before God and plead their case before the Lord, but you're also going to have to release them to him and advocate for them for whatever he wants to do in and through them. And it may not look like you've always desired it to. In Bryant's early life, I had dreams and plans that he would follow in my footsteps and carry on the ministry. But that was not the Lord's plan And as he began to grow, and he began to do business deals, and he began to deal with people all over the United States and Hong Kong in his late 20s, buying and selling sports collectibles, the Lord let me know this. He is more inclined in my calling under my assignment as a business person rather than a ministry person, and you need to deal with it. Have you released your children to the Lord? Have you taken them before Jesus and said, God, whatever you want to do, they're yours. And I will quit trying to push and shove my adult child in the way I think they ought to go. Number one, we don't have any right to do that. And number two, if you keep trying to, it'll wear you out. Amen. Lord, they're yours. They're yours. I'm going to advocate for them, though. I'm going to fight for them before the throne of heaven. I'm going to pray and believe and stand. And I am going to pray for all of these things, their motivation, their right relationships, their protection, their success. But you know what? Regardless of the direction they go, I'm going to become their biggest fan. I'm going to assure them that regardless of where they are, I am for them. Even if they don't like where I am, even if they don't like what I say, I'm going to assure them that I am for them. You know, um, shortly after Bryant passed, um, many of you were there. Uh, Dr. Culpepper, my spiritual bishop, pastor, preached a masterpiece of a memorial service at Bryant's passing. And you don't remember it, you're not going to remember stuff that long that far, but I will never forget it. He called out Dina and he said, this was Bryant's best, greatest friend. He pointed up, how month after month after month she slept beside his bed, changed out his oxygen tank, gave him IVs and home health care. She didn't get over an hour or two of sleep for years. Then he said about me, and Steve was his biggest fan his greatest friend, and his biggest fan. I have never, I got doctor's degrees, I got all this stuff, I got people that listen to me. That is the greatest compliment I have ever had in my life. That I was his biggest fan. I got a watch locket here. And it gets reminded to me all the time. It says, my biggest fan. That's a treasure. Can I ask you something? Are you your child, newborn or adult, are you their biggest fan? That doesn't mean that you approve of every choice they make. It means that you assure them you are for them. Sometimes being for them means they have to reap what they have sown. But it's all about the love of God. So we know it's right to advocate for our older children. It's always right to affirm them. We're for them. And it's also right to address. Now, listen very carefully to this. Your older children. At the right time and in the right way. Those are big. The right time and the right way. With wisdom, remember if you will ask God for it, He'll give it to you. And under self-control, it is not just okay, it is appropriate to set some guidelines, some boundaries. If your older children live with you, or are dependent on you, you need to understand that there are certain things, there are limitations. Help them, ask God to give you the wisdom to help them understand that you are not their security. That you're not their supplier and you're not really even their fallback plan. Don't let them hold that in their mind because here's why they'll begin to think of you as something in a place that only God should be in. If you're in the water and you're about to go under, I will throw you a life ring. But I'm not going to pull you around on the ski boat the rest of your life. Does everybody understand what I'm saying here? Why is that? We don't want to become our children's enabler because becoming their enabler allows us to become their disabler. When we try to take the place that only our loving Father, our God, then we're not doing them any favors. And boy is that painful sometimes. It's so painful sometimes to walk that through. And I want to tell y'all something. You're not going to get it all right. You're going to make some mistakes. You're not going to get it all right. Learn to trust the Lord. Learn to keep on asking for wisdom and discernment learn to pray when it comes to addressing how do I need to do it, what do I need to do. But you know what, I want you to know that it's okay at some point for you to tell your adult children, I love you, I'm for you, I'm your biggest fan. I do want you to know that there is a limit. That mom and I have as to what we can do for you to be able to be what we want to be through the rest of our life and that is non-dependent on somebody or something else it's a godly thing not to be dependent on the government it's a godly thing not to be dependent on somebody else to meet your needs. It's a godly thing. It's okay to receive any benefit that is yours. That's fine, that's normal and right. But it's inferior to become dependent on somebody besides your Creator and His abilities to sustain you through whatever means He chooses. Yes, It is good and wonderful if you have the means to give your children some assistance. That's a good thing. And don't get under any condemnation. If you, out of your own heart, want to give your children things, you go for it. That's a blessing. Just understand that God never wants you to be perceived as their supplier the meter of their needs, their security. Is everybody understanding what your pastor is saying here? It's not easy, is it? No, you're going to make some mistakes. But there's plenty of grace. Ask the Lord, God, would you begin to show me who I'm in covenant with? And I want to renew my covenant with you to be a better covenant partner with who you've shown me. Are you willing when somebody's struggling to stand by somebody? Are you willing to see them through? I want everybody to stand. Don't you let go. Don't you give up. God can do amazing things, regardless of what you see today. Regardless of what you see today, the Lord is at work to do some mighty things. There's no relationships higher than covenant. Listen for where God has told you those are, and commit yourself to Him and to them. To you know how much Dean and I love you, we pray for you every day. Go with God. He's going with you. And we'll see you next time. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.